Can we just open our mouth and talk to the Lord briefly? Just talk to the Lord right where you are. Talk to the Lord. Oh, David said, Blessed is the man whom you caused to approach your throne. Thank you for the privilege to be before the monarch of the universe. We appreciate your love. We run to your throne in helplessness. Trusting that you will help our life this morning. The two brothers that journeyed to Amos, when Jesus demonstrated communion, he took the bread, broke it, and gave it to them, and the scripture recorded in Luke 24 that their eyes were open, and they said, Did not our heart burn within us while he yet speak? With us. I ask that by the workings of the Spirit, that the portals of heaven be open for every man here. I ask, O oh God, that your word will drop like a liquid fire and melt away every chaff, whatever we have carried that have made us impotent all these years. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Have your way. Let no sickness survive this presence. Let no bondage leave this auditorium this morning. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Let me sincerely thank God for the privilege he has given me to be here. We started this meeting since, since Friday. Each time we come before God, I want you to see it not just as one of those routines. It is a privilege to come before him. And I want to tell you something. You know, you must know the truth. The presence of God is rare on planet earth now. There are a few places that you can go and feel God. There are a lot of churches that you get to and uh, you see people laugh and get excited and go home. A lot of churches, most especially, you may not know what I'm talking about until you hang around Lagos. Okay? And you see that a lot of churches have turned into comedy center. Comedy center. And people come to get excited, laugh, chewing gum, coming to church with their girlfriends, and then walk into church and comfortably return with their girlfriends to continue from where they stopped. But I trust God that why this meeting was the theme of this meeting this weekend was chosen is because I know that after today, the status quo will not continue. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? All through time and history, it doesn't take God so much to change the tide of time. It doesn't take God so much to, you know, break the protocol of men and to begin a new dispensation of his move and his operation upon the earth. On Friday, we've been looking at the team rekindling the flame. And on Friday, I, I remember, I started speaking to the young people about the need of the hour. The need of the hour. Some of you who were here on Friday, you remember. We looked at Joel chapter 2. We looked at Isaiah chapter 64. And we journeyed from there in relation with our team. And 
uh, God helped us. We came to a point where we sensed the spirit of prayer in the house. And we responded to God in prayer. And yesterday, I spoke on uh, the seven operations of fire. The seven operations of fire. Coincidentally, we didn't go beyond three. By the third point, uh, God took over the meeting and we started uh, raising our voice to him in prayer. I was thinking I will continue from where I stopped yesterday. But I have a different leading this morning under God. And uh, let me study with you a little further. And then we'll see where we'll get to and we'll respond to God in prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. John chapter 5. Let's see verse 34. Okay, let's a little bit, let's start from 33. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mentioned it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy the light. Let me read that verse 35 in KJV. Verse 35. He said, He was a burning and a shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. John chapter 11. If I take off. John chapter 11. Just get to the 11th chapter. Verse 9, verse 7, let's, let's take from verse 7 to 9, and then 12 to 14. Then after that said he to the disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goeth thou hither again. Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. If a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, this morning, I have a focus. I'm going to be talking a little bit to our young people. That's why I read that place. But I want you to pay attention. Pay attention. If you look at the test, our team, in Leviticus chapter 6, you will discover that God is interested in raising firebrand generation. All this coldness that we see in the church is not the will of God. All these are party to God and the things of God that we see around is not according to divine design. God did not design that men would just gather. And feel good and feel alright. And go home. Otherwise, it will look like the gathering we used to have in the days. I know there was, there was this young man that kicked off, you know, stopped this uh, open show they used to do in those days where people gather to fight, you know, gladiators and things like that. You know, a Catholic monk by name Telemachus. You know, in those days, people will gather and some young men will be selected to fight themselves. And people will just gather everywhere in a very big auditorium. And they will be entertained 
as people are fighting. And at the end of the day, one must leave that cage alive and one will drop dead. When we miss the presence of God, it becomes an ordinary garden. It becomes, how many of you know that the road tracks people, they call their gathering fellowship. They we are going for fellowship. The difference between what we do in church and what every other person does, all the political gatherings and whatever, is if the presence of God does not come, then there's no difference between us and them. And amazingly, people come to church, they miss their neighbors, but they don't miss God. Sometimes in the church, God doesn't even show up. And we don't know because we have never felt him. We have never seen him. And we don't know whether he came to service or not. We don't get bothered. And so this morning, we are talking about restoring, rekindling the flame of fire. When I looked at this tip again, I discovered that if God is saying for us, to us this season, rekindle the flame. It simply means something that something has gone wrong, and uh, I I I don't want to paint words for you this morning because I don't know when I will have opportunity again to come here. Maybe I won't come here until Jesus comes. But so now that I have the opportunity, under God, I will tell you some truth. We are in the most terrible history, time and history of the church. There's never been a time when there is so much backsliding than now. In the midst of posters and billboards and a lot of, you know, public address systems all over town, the church, in spite of this activity, appears to be at its lowest end, especially the church in Nigeria. Our religious procession. We still have the language. You know, it shocked me about two, three, four weeks ago. I received about three calls. A young man called me from Monitor. He said, My brother, I want to tell you something. I said, What's the problem? He said, I'm tired of church. He's from Anglican Church. He said, I'm tired of church. And just married. He said, I don't want to go to church again. I'm fed up. Uh, what as you know, I, I I started talking to him. I said, "What's the problem?" He narrated some nasty experience and all that and all that. And then the interesting thing was like I tried to you know encourage him to infuse some some things in him and all that. Two days after that, somebody called me from Enugu. Few days after that, another lady called me, and I became worried. Why are young people losing faith in church? Some elders may not talk because, you know, it has become a part of their routine. They've been around for a while and they have decided to manage the status quo. God forbid that will remain like this. Can I make God to tell you, upon a rapture may in this state, somebody hearing what I'm saying? You know, it, it, it is so bad that when you tell somebody that you are a Christian, that is the first time the person will look at you twice. What did you say you are? 
a young boy, I grew up in Onita, I remember very well that when you want anything and they ask you to go to a priest to sign a petition for you or to give an approval that he knows this person, it is as if Jehovah God has written. How many of you are confirming what I'm saying? Alright. So it's as if I knew I had the experience. Once you drop it and you see Reverend whatever there, it's as if nobody will ever question it. It didn't... Recently I was traveling for a program, one diocesan program, you know, the Bishop of Yamufu invited me and I was going. And I met a, a, a man, you know, the police people there stopped us. And uh, a clergyman, obviously not an Anglican, the young man looks like a Pentecostal, but you know, clergy was boldly put in in front of his jeep. And then they stopped him and stopped me, so I cleared to give them pepper. And then the young man said, please, I'm rushing to Enugu. I am Reverend Sosa and Sosa person, Pastor Sosa and Sosa person. The policeman shouted, my friend, clear! Now, now they do pass. When I heard that word, it sounded like a thunderbolt to me. I remembered my childhood experience and I said, oh God, what has gone wrong? Why is it that even we cannot even influence ourselves? Let alone the outside world. And the policeman so much embarrassed him. And as I drove off, there was so much pain in my heart. And when Dana on the Yana I don't know what it was here in Enugu, but in those days they said on the SU. Where I grew up. And then when they say you're from Scripture Union, somebody can carry the whole of his life savings. And deposit in your hand. Two years after that, it will come and the money will be released in that. No story. I'm going somewhere. Follow me. Few days ago, I had a story. A friend of mine was sharing the story of his uncle. You know, that was into business in Lagos. He said the uncle backslided so much. What was the problem? Hear me. The uncle was attending a particular church in Lagos. And the closest Christian brother, the, the man, according to my friend, who told me that the uncle was a businessman and was doing well. So he was going to, you know, purchase some goods from the company where they buy things. And that day he was carrying cash. I don't know what happened that he was carrying such, you know, amount of money. And then, as they drove to go and bring those goods, with his friend, a Christian brother, he has taken communion, gone out, for evangelism and prayed together. The young man became pressed and packed, wanted to ease himself, and the brother drove off with the packed the vehicle, collected the money, everything, and disappeared into thin air. And the brother came back and looked for everything, looked for him, made all the contacts, and he was nowhere to be found. The little money. Now, the, this young man was on fire for the Lord, on fire, doing very well, you know. In fact, he had a covenant with God that every Thursday, he doesn't go to his shop. You know what he does? He will enter from mile two, if you know Lagos very well, and get to Vogue's, preach in the big mall way, finish, when he gets there, he will enter again and come back. He does that for about three times, every Thursday, and he has remained faithful. 
So when that experience happened, it was Anaru. The few money he left that was in his pocket, that was left in his pocket, the young man looked at it, wept, wept, and wept, and walked to the nearby shop there, bought some one packet of cigarettes, lighted it, and started smoking. He ordered for some bottles of beer and drank himself to stupor. And from that day, he left the church. The next thing that happened was that he processed pepper, laid it down, got some money, and traveled to which country again did he tell him he traveled to? But then the truth of the matter is that as we speak, he, is he Austria, one of these countries? He traveled there and started peddling drugs. And then they caught him. He became a cocaine pusher. And as we speak, he's in prison for some years now. So from a gospel pusher to a cocaine pusher. And as we speak, the destiny is hijacked somewhere in prison. I want us to look at ourselves. What has become of us? What has become of us? And so God spoke through Moses and said, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar. Number one, I would like to call your attention that God requires men and women who will burn for him. But before they can generate enough fire that will carry the, the, the level of intensity that will bring light to the darkness we see around. Hey, we are in the days of darkness. The days of gloominess is here with us. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. I know what I'm talking about. We need to wake up in the area of addict doctrines we present to people as preachers. We need to wake up. You see the irony? We have called, I saw a poster in, in town. I think it's still all over town. A young man designed a program and the, he said, you must be rich. That's the caption. Have you seen that kind of poster in town? Say, you must be rich. There was one in Lagos that they designed and called it Holy Ghost Supermarket. Come and shop for husband. Come and shop for car. Anything you want to come and shop, come and shop for it. Three days Holy Ghost Supermarket experience. And you will see countless men and women everywhere. They want to shop. Okay, now, we have succeeded in shopping vehicles, jeeps, shopping husbands, shopping brand new vehicles and showing them off, miracle jobs and all that. And with those vehicles, you can't travel to Omoaya. Some of you will, will start tearing all the road from Enugu to Omoaya with the blood of Jesus. You want to finish it. Just because, not because you are spiritual, but because you are afraid of some young militants that we are raised in Islam. And they call them headsmen. They encounter you, you kiss destiny. In the other equation. How come that in the days of our father, when we had the correct thing, the index indices for measuring how fruitful a Christian is, is not what he gets. It's not the kind of clothes. It's not the how many cars he has. And all that. How come the tide has changed over time? So there is a struggle 
there is a struggle. Everybody is trying to be defined by externalities. Things we can see, feel, touch. Last month, I went to Enugu, Enuguku, you know, to Pitokoye's house. Sorry, I will mention him. And I know that man uh, was a very wealthy man. He has a lot of building here in Enugu and all that. Now, but what shocked me was that when I got there, you know, I was just looking at the emptiness of this life. I was trying to compare his house with the current buildings in Enugu. If you were to wake that man from his grave and say, look at your house, compare it with these other people, the man will be so ashamed. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I know what I saw and I know what is happening. There is nothing you can acquire that will live and last through the test of time. There was a time, Santana, as a small boy in Onita, when you buy Santana, some of you might not know, these are mommies and daddies will know what I'm talking about. It's as if you have bought an aircraft. But as we speak now, Santana is a history. I've never seen that car since I came to Enugu. So, if you cared to buy Santana, if you meant, if, if you, if you, if you coveted to have Santana, what is the use? In those days in our nature, they call Vibu Tefibo. You know these market people? They have a word branded. They say, ah, that guy bought Tefibo. Do you know I was in Orlando filling station the last time? And they told me they sold one V-boot, 250,000. You know, two boys we are just discussing. And immediately they turned, because I know what they used to call it in those days. I said, is it the Efibo that people used to, that they are now selling 250,000? Follow me, I'm going somewhere. Please. Wants a man to become a burning and a shining light. I want to just study John the Baptist and I will leave and go. Maybe we'll pray. When God wants to make a man to carry something that is enduring for him and his generation. Listen, church, pay attention. There are two schools that the person must pass through. Very important. One is the school of faith. The other is the school of patience. But unfortunately, the church has so much emphasis on faith. So much emphasis has been laid on the issue of faith. Faith for healing, faith for breakthrough, faith for possessing this one, faith for the other one, faith for next level, grace, faith, all that, all that. And you know, we we have done that at the detriment of the other virtue, which is very important. Very important. God passes men through crucibles. And depending on what he wants you to become for him, he might pass you through terrible times and seasons. And in those days of such experiences, faith will not answer you. What you require is a virtue, and that virtue is called patience. And sometimes he will graduate it to long suffering. Are you still here? Put your hand in the air and shout hallelujah. I want to be sure I have not lost you. What is error? Error is overemphasis of one truth at the expense of the other. You know, I went to my doctor's school the other day 
and I found out that the pattern of naming children has changed in our generation. What you hear in their school is uh, anointing, breakthrough, divine, miracle. You know, what's the other? That was Zoe. <laughs> you know, and all that, nobody answers in the Diamaka now. When you answer that name, it's as if you are cursed. to shock you this morning, it is still a powerful tool in the hand of God. Why the suicide? You know, I hope you have been following what the trend in the church. People will become choir masters, sing in a choir and go and commit suicide. Because they look, they look you, you didn't hear when it happened. Churches in Portacot and in Lagos, people are even pastors. Why? Because we push them to measure the parameter, the indices we have given them to measure God's faithfulness has only to do with the type of car he's driving. You know, I went to program some years ago. You know, my blessed Passat. I had a Passat car. It's no longer with me. That Passat, I love that car so much. And when I arrived to the program, you know, they, I finished, and the young men were blessed in a university. And some few of them came to me and said, he said, Daddy, I thank God for you. The meeting was so powerful. Hey, but Daddy, you need to change this, your passat car. It doesn't fit you as man of God again. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying now? So when I come with Jeep, or when I borrow car and come, eh, and go and find suit and bamboozle you and fill you with emptiness and leave you there and collect seed, you know, <laughs> and then go. That is when you know I am a man of God. God forgive your generation. I refuse to belong there. That's why we are empty. That's why we are making a lot of noise. Follow me. I want to study you. I want to study. If you check the Bible, why did Jesus say that John the Baptist was a burning? Pay attention. Number one, God requires men and women who will become burnt offering. But before you can become a burnt offering, a burnt offering, you must be laid on an altar that carries fire. That carries what? Fire. I've never seen a man who is excited when he is burning. Never. Never. And NIV was bold to tell us that when you become a sacrifice, you, may, you must remain. You don't burn for two minutes and run away. You don't burn for one month and run away. What is the mystery? When God sets a man on fire, something begins to leave his body as a savour, and it begins to go up. And if you study Leviticus very well, this is service, it's not exposition, I, I won't bother showing you, but go back and read. You will discover that God will always require animals that are without blemishes. Am I correct? Have you seen that in the Bible? Now, you know, why is that so? It is because he takes time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, at a time in the book of Isaiah, I said, what you are bringing to me, will you even give it to your governors? He's careful about what he accepts. God does not accept everything. For you, you say the end justifies the means. It's not true within. 
God is interested in the means. He's also interested in the end. That's why he's called the author and the finisher. So, when the, the smell, the author of that burnt offering begins to ascend and pleasures the displeasure to the heart of God, God will come down to check out that offering. That is what attracts divine presence. The secret of divine presence is in divine delight. Joshua and Caleb told the rest of the tribe and said, if God delights in us, then he will bring us into the good land that is flowing with milk and honey. Why was John the Baptist a burning and a shining? And Jesus gave record, gave the testimony and said, you had the, the privilege to enter and enjoy that light for a season. Wherever there is light, men rejoice. When light comes, children are excited. Even in Nigeria. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, when light comes, you see them say, ah. That's what happens in the realm of the spirit. A whole village can be in darkness. A whole continent can be in darkness. A whole church can be in darkness. And when they see a glimpse of light, everybody will navigate towards that source of light. Do you know why we are the way we are? Forget it. There's so much darkness. So much. Even in our church. Who is John the Baptist? Scripture told us in Luke chapter 1 that he was the son of a priest. And the wife Elizabeth was daughter of the descendant of, of Aaron. Now, the John the Baptist as a child did not come when the parents expected him to come. They have waited for a long time and at the end of it all, God decided to show the mercy and brought John the Baptist according to prophecy. But, listen, that God announced consigning your destiny is no guarantee at all that you will live to fulfill it. You can decide to step out of it and God will wait for another. Did you hear what I'm trying to say? Divine selection is not a guarantee to divine fulfillment. John the Baptist aligned with the process of his produce, production, the process that produced him to become a man who had the capacity to burn and to be a shining light. You remember the sons of Eli? When John the Baptist was born, he had the privilege to be the CEO of all the meat that was coming to the temple. The sons of Eli did that. They must, he must have read from history. How the sons of Eli handled the offering. How they used to put their, their fork and collect the best of the meat. The guy had the capacity to become a B.I.G. in his time. Drink the best of wine, relax in the, you know, and because he came after a long time. Oh, if I'm not, are you with me? You know, the parents looked for a child and eventually got, so by the contribution, you know, and by divine arrangement, that he came from the family of priests, of a priest. Hey! He's supposed to be a, a spoiled child. What do I mean by that? 
He's supposed to enjoy a lot of comfort. The parents must have been disposed to pamper him so much. But because God was interested, God told him, no, that is not my method of producing men. Check through the Bible. God banished him to the wilderness. And what was the interest of heaven concerning him? Check your Bible. Do you know Esther was produced from the house of a Megad? Her destination was to be the palace, but God decided to start her life in the house of a Megad so that eventually when he is done with her and when she emerges to carry power, she will carry power with humility. Why is there so much arrogance in the church? It is because men are not processed. Not at all. That's why when you study the, hand, the, the, the life of John the Baptist, you will discover the Bible told us that he came in the spirit of Elijah. God was aware that John the Baptist will confront the, the, the Pharisee and the Sadducees of his time, the political leaders and the religious leaders of the time. Are you with me? God, God was also aware that, that, that John the Baptist will, will carry something that is enduring so powerful that if we don't process him very well, he will be a disgrace to heaven. And so, the scripture, the Holy Ghost took time to tell us about what he was eating. Number one, God was interested in his appetite. God was also interested in what he was wearing. If you study that Bible, you discover the, 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 the design. It was not designed by Tommy E. Finger. Hallelujah. Young people, are you hearing me? Shout hallelujah. Some of you don't go to church because you don't have the best of clues. That's what I'm talking about. There are some men of God that when they come to preach, they will do their work like this. And, and, and want you to smell the perfume they are wearing. And I remember in those days, there was a man, I think he's a history now, that came to Imobi in our nature. He was preaching and did his shoe like this and said, do you know the amount, how, how much this shoe cost me? What has that got to do with the redemption of soul? Eko Nebushu, 85,000. one million. Can you buy one soul with any pound sterling? These are men who are not processed. And many of us copied them. God was interested in his appetite. God wanted to put him into shape so that eventually when he emerges and becomes a voice, he will speak as an oracle, not just as a person who knows how to talk. There are many orators on the pulpit who are not oracles. They say the labor that brings the favor that you know these rhymes. You know, oh, in my office I have this cable. Sometimes you will scroll to hear what people, you are trying to find out. Why are they shouting? Oh, 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 oh. You can't, the man is busy talking nonsense. Rhymes. And young people are shouting. He says somebody shout hallelujah. It is the favor that brings the labor that makes you, you know, I don't know how to do all those things. <laughs> I've not proved them. And they're excited. Over what? Nonsense. That's why the average Christian of now cannot 
cannot lift a finger, cannot dare anything for God. Some of you will worship from your house and say, Venerable, please, we have gone into digital era. We want to worship from our laptops. Can you connect us to worship from our laptop? So Jesus began to say, What did you go out to see in the wilderness? He said, A reed. What is a reed? A reed is like a grass, a plant, or some of these little, little grass that, grasses that grow in a wasteland that are used in making thatch houses, if you still know what a thatch house is. And he asked them, What did you go out to see? A man clothed with soft remnants? He said, No. Those that are clothed like that, they stay in the king's house. They don't belong to the wilderness. Generals of God are not produced in the place of comfort zone. Men who matter to God, they are not produced from places of comfort. So this morning, we want to challenge ourselves, our generation. Oh, sometimes I look at my children and I cry. I say, what kind of, what kind of church will they meet? 20 years from now with the current thing that is happening. The appetite of men in church is not censored. Is it not terrible that all over churches we have problems with men who have magnetic hands? When they go to count our offering, the priest will be crying. In fact, in one of the church. I went, somebody went to the altar and collected the place where they keep secret offering. You know that thing? Eh? Broke it and collected all the money there. And went away. One of the churches I know had to go and install CCTV camera in the place they used to count money. So that nobody will know. Why do we need to spend the money of God to, to place services? On men we call brothers and sisters. That's how bad we have become. When I say become so terrible that we, we needed to give you invitation because you are like a balloon, a balloon in the realm of the so blown, your head is something because of one achievement or the other, because of money. That men will die and you won't even know who will eat the money. And then Venerable will give you invitation card. Send some priest to come and see you in, in your house with a, a bottle of wine to invite you for luncheon. And you come to luncheon and give us miserable 50,000. And they will return to with a carton of malt to say thank you. Because you gave us 50,000. That's why Islam will take over this nation. You know why? Oh! Those guys have gone beyond the level of giving money. They are in the level of giving life. Life and money. Which one is greater? What has happened to the church of Jesus? Our appetite is so bad. You know the other day, a young man called me from one diocese. You know, there's a money bag in this nation. He was the head of brigade in that diocese. 
And he called me and was sharing with me. He said, you know what happened in church today? I said, what happened? He said, in our diocese, one man came. I won't mention him. All of a sudden, the priest came to the choir and said, change the hymn. He said, the man doesn't like this particular change. The order of service was changed. Pay attention. And he told me he came for second service. And gave five million. Is it five? I'll be ten million. He told me he gave. And said, all the people that came to church, share the money. He told me you needed to see what happened in church. Phone calls started going everywhere. He said, where are you? Come to church. Money is flowing. And people who had come for 6 a.m. service, everybody started putting their trousers and they were running through windows everywhere. They were jumping into to come and share. And one woman will, because they say write names of the people in church. So one woman will write, a woman who has three children, will write Ebere, okay, okay, Ifoma, okay, okay, this one, okay, okay, Philomena. Will write 12 so that if they are sharing 10,000, 10, she will get 12 portions. You see how terrible we have become. How backslidden we have become before the Almighty God. And tomorrow we will accuse the governor. Tomorrow we will accuse politicians and say, ah, you people are frauded. Why before Yahweh you had the infantry to change and say you have two, 12 children? Whereas actually you have two. And so we started singing for the man. I believe that before the service, Holy Ghost must have breathed upon our ministers and say, it is him 192 we will sing today. It is him 202 and other. But just because a man came, we ceased to sing to Yahweh and we started taking the praise of God to give a man. Am I still talking to you? must receive attention from God if we must burn for this generation. Who told you that beautiful cathedrals are better than the beautiful life inside it? I was telling them yesterday, I told them a, a madman in Imo State came across, my friend was sharing with me, say, came across one of the cathedrals in Imo State and said, Nandi, he said it in Igbo, hey, na church here, ma'alam mama, nandini nenonimie wusai. And I told them, when he shared that story, I paused. I said, the madman didn't talk from his natural sense. A demonic spirit, the occupant of that madman, must have assessed that church and given the result. People of God, beloved, it doesn't take God anything to dismantle the altar of Islam, but men must burn. It doesn't take God anything to dismantle the altars of, of headsmen, of all the atrocities that we have seen in Nigeria. We need men who are on fire. Men who have roasted and are dead, are burnt offering, lying before the altar, dead to the world, dead to fashion, dead to everything but our life in his hands. So Paul said in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, he said, Dearly beloved brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God, that ye present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before him. Which is your spiritual act of worship. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's important you know. It's important you know this morning as we begin to tie it up, that, that our life 
if it must count. Forget the anointing that men say, ah, we, 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 we celebrated God. Why? Because people fell on the ground, broke some plastic seats, and then, you know, they said, ah, God came. But yet, after breaking your seats, he rises from that meeting to continue in immorality. Do you know Paul of Tarsus fell once? Once. If I ain't had that sad than a church, since January, I didn't meet you in Kaida, you keep. I'm a man who can make Praise the Lord. Oh, you need to see the body in my heart. I'm not, I'm not laughing, you know, because I'm bothered. I'm worried. I'm worried. But I know somehow God will take care of the church. I know. Fell once and rose up to become an apostle. You can hardly successfully conduct any service without quoting Paul. Finally, young people, listen to me. I've spent your time. Listen to me. I read a book several years ago, My Odyssey. How many of you have read that book or seen that book? Autobiography of Zeke. Zeke said something. He said, life is short, but the youthful age is shorter. It shocked me to know that I'm in my late thirties. When I tell you my story, I'll be telling you my story as if it happened yesterday. But it won't be long. I will hit 40 years. And only hit 40 years. In few years. How about we have time? Am I mean, what I'm trying to say? Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? You know, when there is, when you, they play match and say it's half time, you know that you need to deploy all your arsenals to make sure that you win and fulfill your potential in that pitch, in that field of play. So, I want to charge you this morning. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in a day? So, what happens? We know we have 24. So, he's telling you something. That a time is coming. Yet, you are alive. Oh, but, you will need to ride on the wave that you generated as a young person. I don't know if your life, your dream. Some of you young girls, your dream is just to marry one fresh Young man that carves his beer very, very well, you know, say hi. A, a, a lady was telling me several years ago, say, I love him so much, he can't even hurt a fly. He was just dramatizing. I said, Okay. <laughs> Unbeliever. Ah! If that is why you came to life, you are in his feet. Because even, even, even chicken marry. Don't you see them every morning? They have what they call territorial integrity. If you watch Nigeria World, you know a lion, once he is in charge of a colony, you know, the lionesses and all that. If you are an intruder, you will, I've seen a lion in Nigeria World kill a fellow lion just because he intruded. So they marry. So what's, what's the difference? What's your problem? So after marriage, eh? Young man, your problem is just to become somebody, buy a car. But very soon you will know that cars don't give fulfillment. Bank account, eh? it cannot make a man happy. Very soon you will know that academic achievement, I've seen, I've gone to programs, I've gone to things that you will see people come down to share with you, and you are like, my God. 
So the rich also cry. With all his degrees, with all the money, with all the... Ah, there is nothing more glorious than a heart that is burning for Jesus. Burning. This morning God was rebuking us. I don't know the last time. Just because you have a car. You know sometimes I want to, I want to go to Lagos some time ago. And I was in a vehicle. Sometimes even preachers. We need to be careful. Some of us who go around and preach. Do you know? I paid heavily. I think it was Autostar. There was problem with flights that day. So I decided to take Autostar. I couldn't get flights. So, and uh, I paid about 12000 something. You know, this executive Sienna. And I sat down in that vehicle. Honestly, that day I wanted to just enjoy my journey. And when the vehicle moved, Immediately I had a very clear word in my say, will you pay twelve thousand something to be quiet in this vehicle? Quiet in this vehicle. I looked around and virtually all the people in, inside that vehicle were people that you know one of the men returned from UK with all his bags, so there was flight cancellation, you know. So everybody was just trying to find his way. So I spoke up, I said, Everybody, good morning. God bless you this morning. Let me just take a little a uh, bit of your time, let's share the word of God. You know, <laughs> and you know, the, the guy from, the man from UK looked at me and said, who is this? This mother. The other man in front, you know, was obviously, maybe if he's not a politician, he must have been in the corridors of power because of what he was talking and But you know what happened? I knew that God needed me to talk that day. We didn't travel too far and one of the tires of the, I prayed, and that morning I had, I had some strange ministration. So I prayed for them. I said, Father, this journey is safe. We didn't go far and uh, one of the tires of the vehicle busted. So everybody, you know, the man from UK, so much love his life. <laughs> People were shouting and I said, calm down. Nobody will be lost here. So the vehicle was swabbing me. I was relaxing. Hey, he that comes from above is above. There are times and seasons you know that the comfort and the quietness that happens around you is not. I'm the youngest in that vehicle, so I'm supposed to be more worried than them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm telling you the truth. I'm the youngest. You know? So, and they were shouting and shouting, and then finally the vehicle swerved into the bush. And packed well. So I came out. No scratch. Everybody says, how are you? No scratch. Eh, how are you? Oh no. Say, Pastor, thank God, oh. Thank God. Hey, God saved us. I say, hey, why won't he win he save us? So can we start the business now? We changed the tire, change everything. Everybody threw away paper, threw away discussion, and opened their ears. And I drew my sword and scattered them. Stand to your feet, let's pray. A fire generation. Men and women who will not be afraid to profess their faith. Correct appetite. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what has hindered you from becoming the man you are supposed to become. Scripture recorded and said that John the Baptist was a burning and a shining light. The Bible says, and many came to bear record. To the witness of truth that they carried. 
I want to just pray two prayers. We're going to be praying and asking God to revive us. But before I do that, all eyes closed. It will be an error for you to be under this unction and under the word of God this morning and under all the drama and worship we have done and return home a sinner. Today might be the last service before you go into eternity. What if Jesus comes this night? What if you never leave to get to your office tomorrow? What if you never leave to graduate from that your chosen career and profession? What is your status in eternity as we speak? If you are not born again, if you are not born again, you know you are in church, but you don't know the God of the church. Right where you are, can you just place your right hand on your chest? Christianity is not a fairy tale. It's not. Close your eyes and talk to the Lord. Ask Him to have mercy upon you. Ask Him to forgive your sin. Ask Him to give you a change of heart. The Bible says, as many that receive Him, to them He gave power to become His sons. Even those that believe on His name. Confess Him as your Lord and your Savior. Say bye-bye to the world. Whatever you needed to live. To the love that Jesus came to share for you. Make up your mind to journey with him. Father, we thank you for this once. We bless you for their lives. Thank you for the grace you have given to them to respond to you. No man comes to you except he is first of all drawn. Thank you for drawing them. We ask that the miracle of new birth will happen in their life in the name of Jesus. Let it be a recreation of their spirit. May their spirit begin to long and thirst after righteousness. Satan, lose your hand over their life. Every covenant that is hitherto at work in their life, we collide our territory in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for a new beginning. Start for them. Fill them with your spirit. May they never rest until they wake up in your likeness. I give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name we pray.